everyone, and welcome to the season two finale of uh, Comics Deserve Better. Um, with me today are Brian. Hey, everybody. And Darcy. Hello. And before we get into the actual comics news of it, um, I have a little bit of podcast news. Um, this is my going to be my last episode um, on the show and editing the show, and I am going to hand it over to Brian and Darcy. Give them the kings of the kingdom. They can do whatever they want with the show. So definitely keep listening and I'll keep promoting the show because indie comics are rad and it takes two seconds to, to retweet, um, you know, your friends' projects and shit. So you should do that anyway. Like they might, sh- they, they might share a stupid meme, but that's, you know, maybe retweet the, sh- the stupid meme and retweet tweet something creative they're doing. So yeah, that was just my little PSA and we're back to comics news. So uh, Brian, what news do you have for us? Uh, well, uh, first um, news I want to talk about. Actually, uh, we have I have two humble bundles that I wanted to kind of talk about and promote. Um, humble uh, humble bundle is usually video games, but they sometimes journey into books and comics and everything. Um, I'm pretty sure you you've all have heard whisperings of the company. You essentially. Um, pay a small amount of money you know like uh, usually around 20 25 dollars and you get a bundle of of goods usually video games but like i said they do comics as well that's what we're talking about here uh, and then and you can decide how much of that money that you're spending goes to a charity they they, they usually have a set char- charity per humble bundle but then you can also choose a different one if if, if you want to um the first one i wanted to talk about is i think it's the second or third uh image comic bundle that they've done in a while um this one it has um is set to go to saint jude's as well as make a wish um it is basically it's worth it alone for the entire the 25 dollars for all of descender is right there is is in this um hedra uh is you know which we were talking about a little bit earlier, uh, Skyward. Uh, there's a bunch of like good series in here. You know, Gideon Falls, which we will talk about later in this episode um, as well. It's just there's plenty of gems, and you and you can get the entire bundle, which it, they give a, a value over a thousand dollars for twenty five bucks. You get it online. They have three different formats that you can download from. So whatever you know your reader accepts, you it probably will take these these PDFs or CBRs or whatever the uh, the format that you need. So um, that's one. The other one that is for the American Library Association. Um, it is the uh, Be the Change group. I think they've. They, I was told that they offered they've, they've offered this before, but this is back. Um, and this is basically books, um, mostly by about from people of color lgbt creators it's basically um you know kind of books that are all encompassing uh throughout you know our very varied society so that's it's really nice to have um there's like prince of cats which has been on my list to read for such a long time is on here um that's right there you know usually it's available in hardcover and it's usually around 20 dollars, and you can get all this for 18 bucks so that's that's worth it right there um they have uh like the first issue bitter root uh jonesy black dynamite incognito i mean it's it's pretty pretty cool as well um, Ooh, you, oh i just saw this one on there um which i think is really fitting oh is this is this the ala one yes this yeah. is the ALA um one, yes. archival quality is on there it's about a 
haunted archive and it's really good um Ooh. it's by steens and ivy noel Ware. Uh, uh steens is a she does like newspaper cartoons yeah no that's like a, such a oh black mage is on there mm-hmm. that's a good one yeah no it's it's really good uh, for sure so definitely um both these are worth it they're both going for a while um right now as we speak um the the uh, be the change it actually still has forty eight days, so you have over a month to uh, to pick that one up. Um, the image comics one was a little more sh- is a little shorter. It's only about fifteen days left, and so this we're recording on uh, winter solstice, so the twenty first. So fifteen days from that this is uh, all you have to get this image comics one. Definitely worth it though. Yeah, that image one. It's like Ooh. wild. Like I keep scrolling, and it, it, there's no crossover with the previous. No, one, there which is really nice. isn't. So it's really good value. Uh, Bitch Planet, Casanova, Rock Candy Mountain, another ones yeah. that pop up on this one. So um, happy, you know, if you saw the sci-fi show Grant Morrison, mm-hmm. like the most un-Grant Morrison comic ever, but it was fun. Yeah, and, if, and yeah. Oh, if you want to cry, uh, I Kill Giants is on here yeah. as well. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's one. That's like a classic I need to read. But yeah, no, it's mm-hmm. super good. No, it's like yeah, it definitely shows how um, you know. I guess swole for want of a better word um, images. Oh yeah, because yeah. they they released another one a few um, few months ago that was about as big as this one, and it's completely different stuff and all still great stuff too. So they definitely have one of the most encompassing uh, libraries right now. Yeah, I mean, like like I don't know, I wasn't you know reading comics in the the nineties or anything, and I know they you know they ruled the earth for a few years, but I feel like. Image just in the 2010s has just been so dominant. Um, you know, maybe you know, maybe losing some of those sales battles to the latest Batman book, but I feel like getting people into comics and you know, people from all walks of life and you know, tastes like I feel like Image has just always been solid and um, yeah. Yeah, I probably wouldn't be reading comics if, if it wasn't for Image. You know, I love I love Marvel and DC and stuff, but Image just brings so much you know eclectic stuff to the table and i love stories so yeah (laughs) you know i'm just honestly i'm just curious guys what were what was your first image comic if you can remember Mm. (laughs) let me think um actually um invincible hey that's might have been my my first one um that's that's the first one I remember off the top of my head because I, I, I got back into comics when I wasn't too cool for them anymore um, in, in early 2000. Oh yeah. And so, so I, I would say maybe invincible. There's probably something that I read before that, that was image, but no. yeah. So you, so you didn't, you didn't read the, like the like old, like spawn, young blood, savage no, dragon shit. No, I had like one of my really good friends, like in, in like middle school and high school did, but, um, and so I knew all about it. And I watched the really bad cartoons that were on. Oh yes, yeah. uh-huh. um, from those like like uh, Wildcats and everything. But oh, yeah, they did make a yeah. Wildcats cartoon. They made a Wildcats cartoon, a Savage Dragon cartoon. Um, I wish they were a lot better, but they they were definitely not. <laughs> 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 um, but you know they're good for nostalgia, I guess. Awesome. And But yeah, how about how about you, Darcy? I honestly could not tell you. It, I, I have no clue. Like yes. I said before, I've been reading a long time, and oh, I which never. Yeah, but which blade which blade Yeah, but I just I was reading before then. Yeah. Which was 
not where I started with comics. Right. So yeah. I'm I'm not sure. Yeah. Witchblade was the only comic I read for a while. The only right. American comic I read for a while, but it wasn't the first comic I read. So I definitely yeah. read Witchblade, but I'm not sure it's my first. Yeah, well, that came out in like '97 or like. Yeah. So you had about yeah you had like four or five years. Um, yeah. Yeah, I know. I kind of wish I'd been around for like the '90s for comics because they were just. I don't know. It just seemed like such a, I mean, people shit on them all the time, but I, they just seemed like a, such a wild, like you got Milestone and Vertigo and Image and like, you know, indie stuff going on, like definitely. Yeah, the underground was really good, but the mainstream was was definitely falling off a cliff and fast. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, eh, there's some good stuff. I mean, oh, yeah. Especially towards the end of it. Once you get to, once you get to the Marble Knight stuff, like that kind of picks mm-hmm. up. Um yeah cool but that's not the that's like so far from the point of our podcast um the first image book i remember reading is so weird it was actually this like it was back in 2011 it was this um mma comic called heart i forget who the artist is so don't judge me but it was written by the now famous jerry duggan and blair butler and blair butler and i knew blair butler because she had a comic segment on i think on G4, G4, I forget mm-hmm. which one it was, like Attack of the Show. It was maybe? on Attack of the Show. And, yeah. and I just thought it was so cool cause, that I could literally, like when I was in high school, I could go and like turn on the, t- like, the TV and like see people talking about comics on TV. That was in like 2009. That was like such a big deal for me. So, mm-hmm. so yeah. So I'm like, so she was doing a signing. And, uh, this one I was in Southern California and did a little, little signing. So me and my buddies went over and that was my first image comic. <laughs> Um, yeah, awesome. I didn't even finish the series. I think the first series I've like read was like um, probably Saga and like Jupiter's Legacy because <laughs> mm. <laughs> I uh, like Ju- Frank Whiteley. Jupiter's Legacy is available on uh, the Hubble Bundle as well. Oh. Yeah, it's pretty good. It's yeah. pretty good. Um, cool. All right. Um, so I yeah, I just have a quick mini kind of news. So Vault. Speaking of in great indie publishers. Vault has been dropping some creator teasers on their social media for 2021 with not a lot of context. So um, just some creative teams and in one writer. So in 2021, Vault is going to have some books from Christopher Cantwell and Adam Gorham, Christopher Cantwell, Dr. Doom, currently killing it on Iron Man, in my opinion. Um, he also wrote for that TV show, Halt and Catch Fire. Mm-hmm. Um, that's probably like his, his biggest achievement, I guess. And then other teas, we got Ram V and Anand Darke. So yeah, just we look, you know, yeah. we love Ram V. <laughs> and then Absolutely. we got Absolutely. Yeah. So and I think they they're the credit team on Blue and Green, right? Mm-hmm. They that's, are. So that's like a huge and, fucking. And day. they did um, Adrian's Wall as well, or Hadrian's mm-hmm. Wall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That earlier. Um, yes. Book. Yeah. I'm probably saying right. it wrong, but yeah. I know what you're talking about. It's all good. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. So that's 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 a big get for. Um, for Vault. And then we got, you know, Cy Spurrier, Nathan Gooden. Yeah. Cy Spurrier <laughs> is like, uh, help. Like he's, a, he's, a, he's like one of those like really solid, always good guys. So, mm-hmm. um, and then throwing in one out to the old school, Peter Milligan doing stuff Ooh. for Vault. So, <laughs> no artist. I feel like he writes for almost every publisher now, but honestly, like, I think, I think him and Vault are a really good match. I think they can kind of rekindle yeah. some of that, some of that magic, especially. He gets a good artist to work with. Absolutely. <laughs> no, he, uh, Peter Milligan's a legend. 
Yeah, I know he's a total right wing nut job. But, Is he? Um, um, no, 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 not Peter Milligan. No. Oh. But, um, oh man, a Peter Milligan, Bryn McCarthy. I'm about to say. No, no, Peter Milligan's great. He's he's awesome. Okay. Um, a Peter Milligan, Britta McCarthy reunion would be oh. amazing. Okay. Britta McCarthy is crazy. Yep. Yeah, oh. I just stopped following him on social media. I love his art, but I don't just stop. But his <laughs> and he, he doesn't even really do. He just works in Hollywood now. So yeah. Okay. On that problematic note, um, Brian, you had some other news. Uh, yeah. Um, uh, actually, some good Grant Morrison uh news before we get nice. into our main course. Um, this is this was announced a while ago, but um, they I don't think we talked about it when it first got announced, and they're they're actually I think when when it first was announced, it wasn't didn't have a date. Um, it's this series called uh, Proctor Valley Road. Mm. It's a horror series uh, written by um, Grant Morrison. Uh, with the art by Naomi Frank Keys um, and colors by the great uh, Tamara Bond villain. Mm. And so um, <laughs> the, um, and then also Jim Campbell lettering as well. Um, now the significance, this is actually going to be, is going to be published by um, by Boom, but the um, it's also co-published by a company called UCP oh, yeah. Graphic. Um, UCP is actually a, a movie production company mm-hmm. that has or a TV show production company that has done a lot of comic book stuff like Umbrella Academy um, and um, some other stuff that um, yeah, has, Grant is, just, uh, Brave New World and um, yes, Happy All Grant show maybe Invisible yeah. fingers mm-hmm. crossed um, so. And and so Proctor Valley Road actually, um, and it's funny. I grew up in San Diego, and I had not heard about this. But apparently, San Diego County has a Bigfoot legend in the um, in the Proctor Valley area, which is a tiny little valley that's near the border of uh, of Mexico, um, kind of like in the east as well. I grew up in North County, San Diego, so maybe that's why I hadn't heard of this before. <laughs> and um, but it is uh, essentially it's like an alien slash Bigfoot story that they're writing um, and the um, cover art is kind of a murderer's row right now on the, the, the first issues boom is really good at getting good variants out there oh, for sure. um, Peach Momoko is doing one uh, Christian Ward is doing another one and, and um, Chris Wild Goose is doing it all nice and those three right there yeah <laughs> they gotta get Frank quietly but I, I don't know he might have some kind of I don't know that'd be great so Yep, it's coming out March, uh, first week of March, uh, first Wednesday, March 3rd. So um, definitely something to keep your ear out for. Uh, it's Grant Morrison. So you're kind of guaranteed it, it, if it's not good, it's going to blow your mind anyways. So <laughs> yeah. you know, that's what Grant Morrison is. So, you know, you know it's, it's, there's, there's quality there. Yeah, one thing I'm a little wary of um, is that it's just going to be like a pitch for a TV show. Yes. Um, oh, co-writing i forgot to write say that with alex child who's a screenwriter yeah that's a thing i'm like cool not like fuck yeah party time about Mm -hmm. it so but you know big grant morrison doing bigfoot his take on bigfoot i'm i'm interested for sure yeah no no no, totally um and it kind of has like a stranger things vibe to it as well of course so so yeah that that kind of is maybe a a tv plot (laughs) yeah I don't. I mean, I'm glad he's working in TV, and I hope he can actually maybe get a show that lasts for longer than like two seasons. Um, but yeah, it's TV for you. Um, yeah. So I actually I had one little another announcement. Um, also a TV guy, 
So AWA just announced a book called Chariot from um, Brian Edward Hill. You might, he's done a lot of books. He did American Carnage, Batman, the Outsiders, um, Killmonger. He's done a lot of comics and he also is written for Titans and several TV shows. And then the art is by Priscilla Petratus, who's one of the Rat Queens artists. And the colorist is Marco Lesko, who worked on Robotech Remix. So basically, they describe this book as Knight Rider meets The Matrix. So basically, it's this like super cool car, um, like smart car, I guess, um, that this criminal finds. And he kind of finds redemption and an adventure through this car. So like the colors palette is very like Miami Vice. That's, that's why I'm like, oh yeah, Robotech Remix. Like I never read Robotech Remix, but like just that it had that like very 80s anime color palette. Um, so I'm, I'm excited. I'll, I'll definitely give it a shot, even though, yeah. Yeah, I'll definitely give it a shot. Um, looks, cause I mean, no one's, we haven't done a, there's not really been like a talking vehicle thing in a while. So, <laughs> and I don't know. I feel like Brian Edward Hill will like really lean into the like, the, the 80s-ness of all, even like the cheesiness of it all. So like, I'm, I'm definitely gonna check it out. You know, AWA has really been hit, for, hit and miss for me. Um, actually, I really haven't found an AWA book that I really liked. I read a few and I'm just like, you read like American Ronin, Grindle, Kentucky and Resistance. And I'm just like, oh, and then I read um, and then another one that was like really bad. <laughs> so I haven't really found like a, a surefire hit from them yet. So maybe this will be the one, I don't know. Have you guys read any AWA stuff or? No, I haven't. I don't think so, no. Yeah. Um, I, I know you mentioned Grindle, Kentucky, I think like in our first episode, but yeah, that, yeah, that was, no, I I don't really know much about AWA. Yeah, I mean it's just like I mean it's like Axel Alonzo and Bill Jemis's new new thing and JMS is like there's I don't know it's it's just there's so many comic book companies out there right now so I, I totally understand like um, they get good artists though like they had they had Akko on a book oh nice but, on American Ronin but it's it was just kind of kind of math um, so yeah and Brian you had some last announcement to finish up finish this off yes and I got to pre-apologize for pronunciations um i'll try my best here uh but um fanographics is producing their first ever translated book from poland um mm. with uh, artist and animator here we go <laughs> wotek uh was um and um it is the, the the book's name translates to uh mr Lightbulb. It's about a six-year-old boy who has an accident and transforms into a light bulb, um, and and um, and it's about his story. It's basically it's kind of autobiographical, and I'm hoping that light bulb part is not the autobiographical part. Oh my part god! It. But um, so metaphorical, probably. Yeah, definitely. It's better than a cockroach. I gotta say, <laughs> right. Um, yeah, but, definitely. Yeah, and so um, well, um, so he lights up and and. Um, he he gets plugged into main electricity. That's where he thrives. But then he gets too hot. So then they have to like unplug him and cool him down, essentially. So it's kind of a sur sur surrealistic look to childhood, essentially. Like cool. being pushed to do stuff at the same time. You know, like sure high energy and needing to calm down, kind of thing. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, so. I like that. That's that's really good. I, I like that a lot. That sounds fun. Yeah. And so, yeah, it sounds good. I guess this guy has a lot of um, credits. He's, he's been well-established in Poland, and Fanographics has a really good, uh, 
you know, um, talent search on, you okay. know, on hand. Yeah, they, they can find some really good people that you would never just know about. So, you know, it is um, it definitely something to check out. I don't, I think they have a date on this, but um, it's going to either debut at the end of 21 or in the beginning of 22. It's kind of a, of a light release date <laughs> announcement. Yeah. But definitely it's kind of cool. Um, you know, you, you know, obviously everywhere has comic creators and, and it's great to see that more countries are being opened up and we're going to hear more voices. Yeah. Well, I mean, I honestly think, I mean, we, I mean, yeah, we, we cover manga, but I honestly think like, especially like, you know, France and Belgium and, um, a continental Europe, like honestly, like it, Italy. Oh yeah. Italy too. Um, like, like the loot, like the Lucha festival there. Um, I feel like they, they respect comics so much more than the United States. Um, so that's why once this pandemic's over, a bitch is going to go to, I think Angoulême, France, there's a street that is just comics. I'm hitting that place up. Um, I think they appreciate the art of everything a little more than yeah here so and the, and the genres are the genres are just so i mean there's lots i mean there's varied genres in you know american comics but like yeah. there wasn't like i think they've, they've always kind of like been balanced out whereas after um you know the whole worth and thing like like superheroes just took over the charts i mean romance had a had a had a minute but they were just so like yeah darcy and darcy knows a lot about this um, oh, yeah. they, they just were so like like you know defanged so like no one wanted that so yeah the seduction of the innocent kind r- ruined american comics right for yeah. many 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 decades yeah you have a friend from from belgium who teaches comics in thailand which is fun uh, and he he loves you know european he loves comics from everywhere of course but he, he you know he he loves his home comics from from europe he i mean can't go wrong with beautiful Tintin. place yeah, yeah. honestly like Tintin was one of the first comics I read I mean the albums and, like they Absolutely. got to yeah there's yeah um, and speaking of European comics <laughs> <laughs> we got our main subject today yeah I mean I guess <laughs> Scottish guy yeah well yeah. I mean where, where the story takes place True. Yeah. I mean, Scottish writer, Brazilian artist, like, sure. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Cool. All right. So I think that is all the news for today. And we're going to go on to our quick hit. So uh, Brian, uh, what is your quick hit for this week? Uh, Quick hit, kind of cheating. Um, When we say no licensed comics, um, I'm doing a licensed comic today. And um, it's actually available free online on the Blizzard website. Uh, It is the uh, Tracer uh, comic from Overwatch called London Calling. And it is uh, written by uh, Mariko Tamaki, and Babs Tar is the artist. So, a uh, c- couple heavy hitters there. <laughs> oh, yeah. Which is why I want to talk about this. Uh, art's great. Um, the writing's great. It it um, it, it deals with. Um, so Tracer is in is in England. She's a, a former uh, part of Overwatch, which, if you're not familiar with the lore of the, of the game, uh, essentially was disbanded. Um, from because of uh kind of being ran incorrectly and and so all these heroes that were once fighting for this uh peacekeeping unit is are now um kind of either free to do what they want or trying to re-establish uh overwatch um but and and in this universe there was recently a um a revolution 
that had occurred uh, by a group called the Omnics, and they are AI, the robots. And there's a lot of of hatred now towards Omnics in in the world. It's they're definitely the oppressed people. Um, they're they're def I say people because they they have um, you know they're they're able to think freely. They're 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 they have consciousness. They're they're basically people, even though they yeah, might sentient. have been manufactured. Yeah, they're sentient, definitely. And so, um, they live underground in uh, in the UK, and um, basically tracer bonds with a uh, with a robot uh, with an omnic who is into punk rock and into yeah. uh, into Britpop, and so they they share records. And she comes down there to, to try to help them out. And uh, meanwhile. Um, there's a revolution starting down there um, that may not necessarily like the fact that Tracer, who is human, is is hanging out with the Omnics. So uh, three issues have come out so far. There's going to be five in total. I don't know. They didn't. They haven't announced when the other two are going to come out yet. But um, definitely check out the first three. Really good. Um, and and we'll we'll probably put the URL down on the on the uh, the Twitter as well. Um, once this this uh, episode comes out, yeah, I read the first issue, and uh, I played. I mean, I played a little bit of Overwatch at my friend's house, so I'm, I'm like super familiar with the game. Um, but I could, I could definitely follow it. And I mean, yeah, like yeah. once she, you know, when once I start, you know, listening to the Clash, like I was sold. So mm-hmm. and Iggy Pop and everything, and yeah, this there's definitely no um, there's there there's no knowledge needed to know. Um, Babs and um, and Rikitamaki do a great job establishing the universe where you don't know, need to know who the characters are and what their motivations are. They tell you who, you know, they, they do a good job. You don't have to go in and read the, the Wikipedia on Overwatch before you read this or watch this or listen to it. Whatever yeah. way you want to consume it. I, don't know. I, remember, I remember when Overwatch first came out and I feel like, like Tracer was in like every commercial. Like, yeah. And on like the British Ginger Girl game, huh? I mean, that's, that's like literally it, all I knew. It, yeah, and Tracer is it, great too because both Tracer and Soldier Seventy Six were kind of like the the two characters that they've used mostly for um, for promotions, and both of them are LGBTQ. So that's that's awesome. They need a little more inclusivity with with like ethnicities and race, but 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 you know it's kind of cool that the faces of the of the game, you know, are not you know cis straight by people <laughs> yeah no no i remember i remember yeah i remember i think it was like another dark horse book where, where she like had a girlfriend and i'm like oh yeah and I, this i'm one, like i'm like yeah. i like this i like this ginger british gay they, they have they have the relationship in this as well uh, yeah i saw that yeah, i'm like okay Tawaki, so yeah yeah i'm like cool all right um uh, darcy what is your quick hit for this week my quick hit, I kind of went full manga. I'm in a manga mood this month. I don't know what's happening, yeah. but I'm doing it. Uh, I'm is The Way of the House Husband, uh, which is by uh, Kosuke Ono. Um, and it is, it's comedy, but it's not like making fun of men who stay at home. Um, so it's fun. Um, it's basically the idea is there's this man who used to be in the Yakuza, kind of this legendary Yakuza dude who one day kind of got out, um, and he was in kind of a bad way, and this woman found him, and eventually kind of they fall in love, and they get married, 
and he is her house husband. He stays at home and he cooks for her and he's like the perfect house husband, just good at everything the same way he was really good at being a gang member, like the perfect gang member. He's now the perfect house husband and he, you know, makes the perfect bento and he cleans the house in the absolute perfect way and uh he does yoga with all the housewives in the local community nice. and stuff like that awesome. and it's just like really fun and very wholesome and like he meets up with other old gang members and like his brother and they're like you need to come back and join the gang and he's like you need to like take better care of yourself and eat better and like <laughs> learn how to take care of your apartment better and stuff and so like he and his wife have this really fun relationship. Like they really like each other a lot and they take care of each other and they're funny. And I just, sometimes I think like 20 years ago, they would have been making fun of this character. Oh, you know, this dude staying at home, he's whipped, right? Mm -hmm. But that's not what this story is. It's like a really, really fun story about this dude who like stays at home and takes care of his family. And it's great and it's fun. And I, I like kind of heard of it. But I, I wasn't like reading it because I kind of thought that's the kind of story it would be. But uh, there was announcement that it was going to be made into an anime next year on Netflix. And so I was like, okay, the pictures look kind of fun. There's a Roomba and I kind of think Roombas are funny. So whatever. <laughs> Should have lived um, with the Roomba. Oh my God. <laughs> I'll, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll look into it. I'll, I'll read a chapter of it. And so I, I read a chapter of it and it is just so fun and so funny because he like attacks chores as if they're like gang missions. And he still, <gasps> That's awesome. he still, he still uses like gang dialogue to refer to like going out to get groceries and stuff and i can't say it because i just sound all stupid and i can't even remember all of it but just yeah. reading it's hilarious he makes these cute little like bentos with like ducks on them and stuff but he's like this tough gang member it's just so much fun and him That's and amazing. him and the local housewives club going out to get lunch and going to do nice. yoga it's just cute it's fun i love it me this just sounds like some comfort food like fucking yeah spoon that it's, up how many volumes are on? Uh, in America, like if you go on, like I read them on Comixology. If you read them on Comixology, I think it's like four volumes. Not bad. Uh, Japan, quite a few more. I'm, I'm pretty sure there's quite a few more chapters. I'm not entirely sure. I don't. I don't think it's all the way out in from Viz. Viz is doing it right now. I think there's a couple more left to go from Viz. I don't think it's four volumes total maybe it is i'm not entirely sure to be perfectly honest but there's four volumes out in america yeah i've been meaning to read this as well that's why i get excited when i saw it on the list here um, you would love it i think yeah. you would love it it sounds like like a mix between gto but less pervy and yes and also, yes <laughs> and, mm -hmm. and, and then at the same time like a long kiss goodnight but with less amnesia and gender swapped you know like <laughs> It, it definitely, if you like GTO, like mm -hmm. when you were in high school, because that's when we would have read GTO, you and me, yeah. back, back in school, if you read GTO and you're no longer necessarily that same person or you're not hiding that you're the person you are now because yeah. you're not in high school anymore <laughs> and it's today, 2020, and you're like, I want to read GTO-ish stuff, but like for the 2020 time, 
this is what you want because this is fantastic. I'm an adult now. I have to make food, not drive cars. Mm -hmm. This is it. Yeah. I've, I've told, uh, Carrie, my partner, multiple times that if she had made enough for me to just stay home, I would totally do it. I have no problem with that. <laughs> this could this could be it for you and Carrie, I think. Yeah. yeah. You, awesome. would, you would love this. Aspirational. <laughs> yeah. My yeah, Yakuza absolutely. skills are kind of dull right now, but I can always start from the back up. <laughs> Does he have like the tattoos and stuff too? Uh, does he have the tattoos? Yeah, he should. Yeah, okay, he's um, got to. He's got he's got a dragon on his back or something. Oh, okay. Nice. My in my head I'm flashing Hori me and he's got so many tattoos, but yeah, he's got to have he, yeah, he's got a tattoo on his back. Nice. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, I've heard I've heard about this manga and it just sounds so fun and so unique and It is. Yeah. It's great. And he's fun. He he's yeah. got a great character design. He's got these these sunglasses that he always wears. He's fantastic. I love him. He's got nice. he always wears cute cute aprons. Good. Of course. Does he have a kiss to chef apron? Please tell me he has one. I don't know. He he wears kind of cutesy designs. I don't know if he's got any with dialogue, but surely at some point he wore one with dialogue. He better. Awesome. Like, oh my gosh. This reminds me of like oh, like the house husband, like Anakin Padme fan fiction that he still read. <laughs> he like leaves the Jedi Order and becomes like the perfect, like I don't know. As long as he as long as there's no sand in the house, right? It yeah, yeah. No, he like always tell, <laughs> tells the kids to, to empty out the sand on our boots. Oh, I, I don't want. I don't want to see Anakin with kids after. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, yeah. after orders, <laughs> after young ones. I know. Oh my yeah. god. <laughs> yeah. Um. So yeah. So my my quick hit is Barbalian Red Planet number two. It's by mm -hmm. Tate Bombrol, Jeff Lemire, Gabriel Walta, um, Jordi Belair, and Aditya Bidikar in letters really really stacked creative team and yeah it's a black hammer book but i've been telling people um that yeah you don't really have to know anything about black hammer just as long as you have a basic concept of who the martian manhunter is like you're good just think martian manhunter but gay and and you're in like into this book um so i really like issue two a lot um issue two is issue one was amazing but issue two happens in an underground um gay club in the 1980s um and you get a huge i don't know if you guys have seen pose the show pose mm -hmm. on fx um yes. so it goes into um ball culture a lot um so like the whole first half of the comic is um barbalian in disguise as a blonde white dude who's nicknamed luke as in luke skywalker because uh luke skywalker is totally gay he wears chanel boots um, <laughs> he's gay he's gay especially with like yeah okay like, that could be a whole podcast, but, mm -hmm. but I think it's like, it's like, like really like it's, it's good just from, it just, it's, it's a good joke. It gets as layers. Um, yeah. So, so basically, and he finally like, you know, gets to be himself, be around people like him. Um, there's an amazing drag queen named nightclub in there. She's like Spiral City's top drag queen and just killing it. Um, lots of um, definitely, she's definitely inspired a lot by um, there's some Marsha P. Johnson vibes because mm -hmm. Like she has, um, she was supposedly at Stonewall and at, at the White yeah. Knight riots and stuff. So she's like, just this, there's this whole sense of history throughout this series, which I like, which is something I can really connect to because um, like being queer in the United States, like is hard for me personally, but it was just like way worse back then. 
um i mean it was just so so bad like um but yeah but then yeah then of course it gets broken up by the cops and you still get and then there's like this great tension between um barbalian who's also the police officer mark marks so many personalities going on but the art like walter's art is so clear that um you can always tell what's going on you can always tell like the emotion what he's trying to portray in each scene the tension like he's he's awesome he's like one of my favorite artists he what did he do he did um magneto was really good and he did vision um he's really good at those like kind of grounded um emotion filled like superhero stories like kind of on the borders of a larger universe so like he was a really good pickup for this book and George, yeah jordy below colors just capture the scene she does really nice kind of voguish colors for the the nightclub sequence but then as soon as the cops come in it's just like red and black fight or flight like um but yeah so you, you get some great conversations between um between i guess luke and his new friend miguel and i really like how bomb Brawl, um really centers the um the uh the black and latinx um activists that were just huge in the 80s and 90s and have been forgotten now because i mean a lot of you know a lot of them aren't even because of the AIDS crisis, a lot of them aren't around anymore. Um, that's a thing. Like, that's a thing. Like, like there aren't like every time I meet like you know a queer person who's like like older than like fifty, I like have so much fucking respect, and it's just like <laughs> I just like I just feel like I'm getting so much wisdom from them. Um, unless they start acting like a creep, but most of the time it's just like wow, like you like. I've been through so much shit, like bless. Um, yeah, no. and then yeah, and then I think the one thing I love most about this book is this. There's, there's this whole spirit. There's a spirit of queer liberation. Um, it's the 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 characters you meet. I mean, um, Barbalian is you know still dealing with this shit, which is great. You know, it's the driving force of the story. But there's just like you know they're throwing bricks into police stations. Like they're you know there aren't cops at Pride. They aren't trying to frack like RuPaul. They aren't trying to. You know, they aren't going to football games um, with war criminals. They're not, um, I don't know, they're not like trying to, you know, be total fucking centrist like Pete Buttigieg. These are like fucking activists and it's awesome just seeing that energy in the book. Um, and it's like, a, it's, it's cool. It's like an example. And I'm really excited for um, future issues. There's like a bounty hunter guy going around and he's basically like a dude, with, his disguise is a, 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 a dude with a smartphone in the 80s so it's like it's like when you see him you're like oh he's just another guy but i'm like dude this is the 80s like i don't think they had cell phones back then or they just had the big ones with the antennas i guess zach morris yeah so. yeah for sure um but yeah no like barbalian red planet is awesome um I'm like i read, read, read it as well um definitely enjoyed it too yeah um they i liked how they they deal with the AIDS um, situation as well, the HIV situation. You know, it's kind of like you know, it's it's obviously living over everyone's head, but it's not like preaching or anything like that. It's just like it's just another thing that they have to overcome. Well, yeah, and it's also you know, it's also like kind of the fuel to the flame because like you know, because th- the at this time like the government wasn't even acknowledging it exactly. Um, and and you see the scenes of the cops. Um, and they're like, yeah, we're gonna, we, we, and like, they're the reason why they're raiding these clubs is because they, they, they think that, you know, the, the queer men are going to spread AIDS because um, they didn't understand anything about the disease. 
at the time. Um, I mean, I wasn't around back then, but I'm like read a history stuff. Um, I mean, this is so, this is why, you know, Magic Johnson being HIV positive was so big. I feel like, I mean, it took like, I know it's kind of fucked up that it took like a straight person, you know, a straight fam uh, famous athlete to do that. But like, it, it got people like, uh, like actually getting educated about it and mm -hmm. uh, doing things like, you know, the, the drug cocktails and things like PrEP and, you know, needle exchanges and just stuff that they should have been doing decades before. And um, it also helped that there was also not a Republican president in the office. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, but I mean, at the but at the time, I mean, it was just like, and still even now, it's just like both parties. I mean, like a lot of these Democratic politicians that were really late to being okay with like gay marriage and stuff. Like I remember in the last election cycle, yeah. I was talking so much shit on Hillary Clinton. Like she's just doing the she like literally she was just doing it because it was um, just politically convenient for her and. That's and that's the thing. That's that's what I that's what I like. That's what I like about this book. It's just like queer grassroots movements. Um, just yeah, not you know, going to just going to city hall, will the people, um, just just good stuff um, for sure. And it's you know it's a fun comic too. It's like a fun, it's like a fun superhero book too. Like yeah, oh yeah, it's all that yeah, like the shape shifting aliens. Um, yeah, probably more yeah. action in issue three than issue two. But like I needed that. I needed that. I needed a nightclub scene in issue two. Was, no, totally. Because like, issue one really focused on like bars and him being exiled and everything. So yeah. it was nice to have issue two be more kind of like the, you know, the, the, the plot and setting on earth. For sure. Yeah. And it's, it's really what I mean. I mean, it's really what I wanted to get out of the book and I'm like, Oh, well already got it. Check that box off issue two. Mm -hmm. So yeah. Awesome. I love that variant cover with the, the pride parade in the Kevin Wada. Yeah. Yeah. The Kevin Wada. Yeah. Oh yeah. Whew. It's great. Ke if cons are a thing again, or, you know, fuck, if he even has it as online store, I would definitely get that. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And they actually just released one for issue five, the cover for issue five, and it's uh, Nick Robles. And Ooh. it's a it shows the different aspects of his personality. So you get Luke, Barbalian, the warlord, I guess, and Mark Marks. And it's just gorgeous Nick Robles art. So that was a nice little treat today. Cool. All right, speaking of treats, we're moving on to our main course, um, Klaus. Uh, Klaus Volume 1 by uh, Grant Morrison and Dan Mora and Ed Dukesher. So this was Brian's pick. Uh, Brian, um, do you want to tell our audience a little bit why you picked Klaus and maybe some, some uh, like maybe plot summary and some of your initial thoughts about it? I'm just curious. Sure. Um, so I recently got introduced to Klaus. Uh, this is... Um, uh, a you know a series that I've heard people talk about. I, I first read it last year, uh, and I decided from then that I'm going to be reading at least the first volume of it every year. <laughs> afterwards, um, it is um, you know like Dan Mora is is quietly a legend right now. I mean he's <laughs> one one of my favorite artists. Um, he does Once in the Future is for a good example, as well as, as actually like really well drawn Power Rangers uh, comics, and um, he's jumping over to DC soon as well. And then it's Grant Morrison, and you know don't have to talk about them, <laughs> you know like they everyone knows who Grant Morrison is, and um, they it, it it's and essentially this is the story. It's a prequel of uh of santa claus uh, santa claus is is here and he's young and hot and he's <laughs> ready to, to take take down a town um, i believe grant morrison had mentioned that he kind of wanted to reimagine um santa claus as a superhero 
like a superhero archetype um and and i kind of see it here but at the same time the story definitely has kind of the 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 fantastical like you know middle european um like storytelling that you know has that predates superhero comics so it, it feels more like that to me with the spirits and the and and the way the characters are are drawn and, and given um and, and created um and uh essentially the story here is klaus is a um is a woodsman um it doesn't really explain why at first uh, but he lives outside this town he ends up going into um having to return to a town that he was previously exiled in um to um to to sell his wares um while he's there he finds out that the town is essentially no longer a place of mirth and happiness it's now being run by this duke who is who basically is is working the the um the men in the coal mine uh for you know days and days on end and um is not allowing any children to have toys just basically kind of creating um sadness you know wherever wherever he can um you'll find out for reasons later um so um klaus kind of comes in um with his giant white wolf um, named lily and um and sees what's going on and then goes back into the woods um take um play some music smokes some some kind of drug and is visited by the forest spirits who uh, basically task him to liberate this town and he ends up waking up in the morning and discovering that he he made a bunch of toys <laughs> and he ends up delivering those toys much to the duke's uh dismay and so essentially the rest of the story is basically how he's kind of subverting the duke and subverting the uh the town authority and trying to bring joy to this town again and kind of bring it from the um this uh the sadness that the duke is trying to create for nefarious reasons as well as you find out yeah and then there's a little, little bit of a love story too with Klaus and Dagmar, who is the Duke's wife. They, I, probably my favorite issue of the series is issue four. It's the big flashback issue. It's very like Mora is kind of very doing kind of like a um, kind of, di it's like actually really like classic Disney style art um, a little bit um, in the flashbacks for um, Klaus uh, when he was a kid and Dagmar, he makes the bird for her. About to say the birds look very Disney. Yeah. Yeah. So it's very, but like, I, I know, you know, I know I like shit on Disney, but like, just that, it's just that classic art style, um, which was really cool. And then, yeah, then, then you kind of figure out why, like, Dagmar is like pretty much like all stepping all over the place. Um, and yeah, that, like, wrote, that, like, wrote, like, I, I, I read Klaus. Um, I read, read it like, you know, in single issues when it first came out because, you know, I got to read. Um, everything by my uh, non-binary legend Grant Morrison. <laughs> um, I love him so much. But uh, uh, yeah, so but I'd forgotten about the romance. So yeah, uh, Darcy, what had you read? Had you read Klaus before? What were your kind of initial thoughts? No, I had avoided it. I am an absolute Grinch when it comes to Christmas. <laughs> okay, it's uh, all good. I I uh, was raised without. Christmas for most of my childhood. It wasn't a holiday I had, so I'm not super fond of it. 
But the last couple of years living abroad with like zero Christmas, one of the things uh, I did often was like listen to podcasts about the history of Christmas and weird <laughs> Yule time traditions. And like one of my favorite is this uh, Icelandic uh, giant cat that eats children who don't get um, uh, clothes. Yes. Um, so this is like one of my favorite things. And the, f- <laughs> the fact that there's this giant thing that eats kids in this book amused the heck out of me it reminded me so much of that cat Mm -hmm. anyway i really enjoyed this book because it kind of reminded me not so much of christmas christmas but like the christmases i've been having about like reading alternative christmases uh like alternative yule time traditions so it was like it reminded me of my christmases versus like christmas christmas uh so the reasons I had been avoiding it uh, felt kind of stupid. <laughs> I felt kind of like an idiot because obviously people were saying it was a good book and uh, apparently they were right. <laughs> <laughs> I, but I could totally see where you're coming from because like, you know, you think Christmas and like, is, are you going to get pounded over the head with Christianity and like, the birth uh, of Christ? Not so much and... Christianity. No, 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 no. That oh. stuff. Just like, you know, like, Christmas stuff and there was a lot of Christmas stuff in here obviously you know like the Santa and you know like all that stuff he was Santa but just you know like I I don't know this time of year I just get bored of Christmas stuff especially (laughs) I don't know like living in the area I live in people are crazy for Christmas Mm. Uh, so I just you know I get kind of exhausted but uh, I did really enjoy it the art like you said is incredible like you could read this book without any words it is drawn and paneled and laid out so incredibly well that this book could honestly be a silent comic just the way you know it's written obviously because you have to script it first so it's written well in script form and it's drawn well by these you know by the creative team it's done so well visually uh that I don't know. I was just really impressed by the way it was put together in the first place. Um, The characters were all really, really great. I loved um, all of the children I thought were really good and had like really dynamic personalities. Uh, They were fun. Uh, I didn't, I hate to say negative things and it's not a negative thing I swear to god it's not a negative thing the only thing maybe I didn't really totally like was I kind of wanted Dagmar to do more at the end like I I wanted I wanted her to go after her son like she picked up that sword and I wanted her to go for it Mm -hmm. because there there were several periods of time where like I thought she had this opportunity to do a thing but she kept getting pulled back and and Klaus did a thing and I was like let her do one thing. (laughs) And so that was like my only gripe as a book. Otherwise I thought it was just really, really like top tier work. I, I, I really enjoyed it. I had a lot of fun with it. So thank you for giving me something I'd been avoiding. Well, I'm I'm glad because it turned out very much differently. And so, um, no, I, no, I, and I agree. Um, Definitely. There's so much like, promise given to Dagmar yeah she seems like a badass and like she seems like she was put in a spot in a spot that you know she doesn't 
want to be in and the way she stands up like to Klaus, you said logan she was stepford yeah 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 when she said when she stands up to klaus um in the flashback and um mm. you know because when she thinks that he killed um, her father you know it's like it's like she's a powerful dynamic character and then yeah mm. like when she and she picks up the sword that her husband the duke couldn't pick up yeah so, yeah he's straining yeah. yeah and so so it's like yeah like okay we're gonna get some badassery here you know but but no yeah it's um i guess i you know it's constrained because because you know the story is about klaus and they want right klaus to be the the big dude you know like the, yeah. the hero but, to jump on the thing yeah exactly yeah yeah one thing i really like about the art too is the snow I, yes. I, I, yes. I, I, and I love how the snow, like even when it's not snowing, it's in everyone's hair and the beard and in like clothes and the hair art was so good. Yeah, and it's, it's, and that gives it that kind of middle European and kind of Christmas, Christmassy kind of vibe. You know, it kind of gives that, that, that feel like it's, it's cold and everyone's got to get together and and celebrate Yule time because if they don't, they'll die. You know, and so it's you know definitely has has that vibe to it, um, and that and that's the thing too is that what I really enjoyed about it is that it's a story of 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 Yule time more than it is of Christmas. It's it's the time it's the original like pagan holiday, not mm. not the Christian holiday. This is yeah. you know like the the Christmas tree and and all the decorations. A lot of people you know forget or don't realize that that this, that's not Christianity. That's like germanic pagan barbarian that's yeah. why we weren't allowed christmas yeah <laughs> exactly. because it's pagan <laughs> yeah mm. yeah and like and uh and grant morrison i mean if you read any of their work they, they they weave in all kinds of myths like even you know even if you read you know like new x-men like quinn inquire's entire personality comes from like the age of horus like there's an age like because of this the solar cycle like some solar cycles, people are stoners. Some solar cycles, people are... It's completely unscientific, but it's fun to think about kind of deal, which, I mean, whatever. No, it's totally. Makes, it makes sense. So, because... so, so, you, so like, um, so yeah, like, like there's definitely in Ronnie a lot of um, kind of maybe even... There wasn't really a lot of Roman stuff in this, or, or, but a lot of, like, um, any kind of, like, great battle between light and darkness. So, like, um, Zoriashni... I cannot say that. Zoroastrianism in, in uh, Iran, Persia, and Mithraism, which is also, which is very popular among like Roman soldiers from different um, areas in the empire. And just like that, that, just that light, not good versus evil, like light versus darkness, just mm-hmm. like primalness. Cause, cause yeah, like, like Mora, um, Morrison just has this like, like Lovecraftian shit, like always shows up in Morrison's work, like weird angles and like fractal stuff. So I really liked their and Mora's take on fuck it. Krampus was mm-hmm. so good because usually like there's like so many horror movies of Krampus and you're just like whatever it's just evil Santa, but like like the Krampus here is something like primal and and it just and and I I love how they they wait to like the last two issues to to bring out the you know the big monster um, and just unleash complete like just fire everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, like, and I love that Mora colored this book too. So, um, yeah, just, just yeah, like, the just, coloring was incredibly good. Yeah, just so elemental. Um, and yeah, then, the, the spiritual yeah. parts and everything. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. The the 
the acid trips I'm just with the say. rainbows and everything. Um, those so those so good. Um, I love the scene where um, so Klaus like around the middle of the book. It's like your end of second act thing. It's like it's like when when uh, in Batman Year One. I'm gonna make a lot of Batman Year One references. I don't care. Um, gets his ass totally gets his ass kicked and like falls out of the building and barely escapes. Like he gets that scene where he gets shot through arrows and like crucified pretty much. Um, but then he gets like knit together by the spirits of the forest and it's like so cool it's like like Gandalf like the scene in the beginning of the two towers where like Gandalf the white is like fucking commenting with the Valar and and basically like he go- this is where he becomes like Santa this is like like before he was like you know a badass a good guy like he was smart you know he came the chimneys was ingenious idea but like after he his like body gets knit together in that amazing sequence, which is also kind of gross because you see like the the like heart grow back. Because mm-hmm. like I like Klaus is very much like especially if you look at like the rest of Morrison's work, like Klaus is very much like um like the closest he's come to doing like I mean they they come to doing a kids comic, but then you get that scene and you're like oh that'll freak out some kids, <laughs> but I just and- love that so much. Mora is really good. You mentioned Krampus earlier. He's really good with monsters, and he's really good with aliens and, and spirits. And and these these spirits kind of have a. Originally, when you see them, they have a very kind of gray alien vibe to them, and then later they have like that crystalline kind of like futuristic look to them, like almost like like uh, like crystal snowflakes in a way, but fractals, like, yeah, geometrical, yeah. yeah. There were fractals, but definitely the snowflake thing was definitely yeah. coming out mm-hmm. of there. Yeah, and so that I, I and I just thought that was really cool, and then the usage of the of the runes, as well. Plus, also, I will take wolves any day over reindeer. <laughs> like, yeah, Lily is great. Uh, Lily is such wolf. a good supporting character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, and even oh, her origin is so good. And you yeah. really uh, back to issue four. Let's go back origin. to issue four. And, it's yeah. his it's his kindness that saves yeah. his life later, like because because of how kind he is, mm-hmm. you know. So, not totally. Um, and then I love his origin with how they find him in the middle of the ice uh, in the clutches of his frozen mother, and he's still alive. So it's like he has the purpose, essentially. Because And that was a great image. Just yeah. visually, that artistic moment was fantastic. Yeah, no, totally. Because it's like bleak, but not, not at all bleak at the same time. Like, you right. expect like, a dead frozen body to be scary and and depressing but it's almost promising in a way and statuesque and just yes. it was beautiful sad but very beautiful yeah yeah and you get the whole you get the whole dying god myth like um you know like dionysus christ horus or osiris like right you just get you get that cycle in there too mm-hmm. like yeah this i mean it's this is a real i mean klaus is are and the thing is it's like really like i feel like mora um, from what I read of him, does a really good job of like, cause like, you know, writers like Graham Morrison and like Kieran Gillen are very, you know, their ideas are just like, so like, I'm just going to say fifth dimensional, um, that it can sometimes, especially in like a first reading, be hard to come across. But I feel like through his imagery and just like his ability to draw action as well as detailed characters, like he just like, he just like, I don't know, gets them in like, makes them look good, like gets them in kind of like blockbuster mode, but without like dumbing them down. Um, he just is really good at driving the story. So like, 
I'm really interested to see what he does with Mariko Tamaki. Uh, well, I mean, they already killed it on that one detective comic. Yeah. Um, but he's just really good at, um, yeah, just, and, and the writers he worked with, you know, let, let him do his thing and just like, if there's a big action, like when, when, you know, Klaus is sneaking around on the rooftops, like, yeah, you don't need narrative captions. So just show him sneaking around, um, <laughs> originating this, this famous like little myth. Mm-hmm. And the grappling hook, and yeah, and I love like the kinetic energy of like the snowball in the beginning, um, when he um, when when he I mean, throws the snowball onto a roof, and uh, and it just gets bigger and bigger and bigger until it lands on the the soldiers that were that were coming after him. Yeah. So you know stuff like that, like it definitely shows the motion, and um, and I love the humor as well. There's there's definitely some humor, and Klaus is is actually a very funny guy. Like he takes down that big giant soldier and then puts him in the snowman upside down so that his legs are the the arms of the snowman. I mean, he's got and, he's he's got kind of a fun sense of humor. And his <laughs> and the soldier's name is Olav, and this oh, book did come out like two years after Frozen. So yeah. That's I think true. Grant Morrison has seen Frozen. He wanted to build a snowman. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and apparently, I haven't seen Frozen too, but apparently, like, the sequel goes into, like, politics and mythology and folklore more. So, nice. you know, cross-pollination. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, this is, um, yeah. And, like, at first, like, you know, when I, like, went into the reread, I'm like, is this, this really need to be seven issues? But, like, there's so much fun stuff that Morrison Mora add, like, with, I really love the, um, the stuff with the miners and their kids. And basically, it's a, it's a giant, like, like leftist, um, like, workers' rights, like, um, revolutionary piece, mm-hmm. which um, Graham Morrison's father was a, like, that's what he did. He would protest at nuclear sites. He would protest at, you know... Anytime someone was being oppressed, he would be there. Um, so th- there's a lot of that. And, and if you've read um, Morrison's action comics, like at least the first arc, like with the Blue Jean super, Superman, like champion of the comic, there's a lot of that same kind of DNA in that, which I like, like a lot. And you just, I, I like it you know, when, when they start to, like the, the Klaus myth spreads and they start to finally stand up for themselves. Because um, it's, it's rough. Like they... Like Mora doesn't pull any punches with how bad the treatment is inside that mine, and no, and their work is completely unnecessary. Like you get you get that great scene with Dagmar. Like we have enough coal to last a hundred years. Yeah. Yeah, like like they they don't need like yeah they're fine. I mean, and they don't even have to impress the. Oh, and I love when the king comes in and is literally like, "The fuck is going on here?" So it, it like like basically this yeah, madness like, gaslighted sure. everyone. Um, it, it reminds me a lot of like, like, you know, when Trump was president and I know this oh, yeah, is written... extreme, extreme. I hate myself. So I have to make everyone hate me too. Yeah. And just, just mm-hmm. like the perspective of like, like that King is like other countries to the United States kind of like, like Grimsvig was like the United States. It's just like, like, it's, I mean, we're a huge country, obviously, but just like, it felt like we were in some living in some really like fucked up world while other, I mean, especially like COVID now, like while other countries were having fun, even though, you know, every country has problems. Um, Mm -hmm. Like every, you know, New Zealand has some serious problems with racism. Like just gonna say, (laughs) um, 
So, yeah, that, that like, I like it. It's just, oh. like, there's so much stuff you can read into the story. Even yeah. It's kind of, you know, on the, it's a, on the, you know, surface, a very, you know, simple superhero origin meets fairy tale, which, like, I don't know. But, yeah. Yeah, this is definitely more of a, it's, like, such a fairy tale. Like, I love it so much. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> it's just a lot of fun. And... No, it's and the I, I'm just like re-looking through the imagery. Like the Kravitz creates his own sleigh at first, and it's like dark and and like linear, like very lot, lot of lines and very sharp. Oh, and yeah. then when and then when um, class comes back, it's just you know more. It's still kind of liney, but it's you know more 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 forthcoming. More like the more like the sleigh you would think of when you think of Santa. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of. Yeah. I mean, yeah, uh, yeah. Like, like his 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 like design. I guess his design gets like refined a lot, which is cool. Which is like honestly one of the most fun things about like reading a superhero origin story. Like, you get the shitty like with Spider-Man, you get like the shitty wrestling costume, but then eventually you get the really cool costume, mm-hmm. uh, like the classic one. Um, and it's kind of like that with like this, and you get that amazing double page splash of him like in the, the multicolored sleigh the giant sword and like all the, not just one wolf like eight wolves mm-hmm. um yeah like huh why wolves instead of reindeer i'm just like i'm assuming maybe in the original myths it, they were wolves not reindeer maybe yeah. i don't know there but, is at least one myth where there is wolves instead of reindeer uh, it's one of the podcasts I listened to I know, I was like, years when I was walking yes. and getting Mexican food instead of any other kind of food because I always ate Mexican food for Christmas dinner. Nice. <laughs> but no, yeah, there, there's definitely one or two where it is wolves instead of reindeer. Yeah, I mean, there's so many, so many takes on this, this figure in throughout, mm-hmm. you know, different countries. So it's, it's cool. And, and, and I feel like Morrison does it. Morrison and Warren do a good job of kind of assimilating the different ones while still keeping you know just like that overall like giving uh, imagination is a big one too um i was talking about issue four is my favorite my uh, probably other big favorite scene is when uh jonas so jonas is the bratty ass son of magnus and dagmar and he's like like the most annoying think the think the most annoying spoiled kid ever times a hundred this kid literally like in the first issue his his father's servants and made him this like fucking amazing like Christmas village like intricately drawn by Mora just beautiful and then of course he smashes it into bits because it's not up to his standards because but, it's not magical yeah yeah but then but then like but then the thing is like you get like him and his him and his his mom like finally start actually playing and using their imaginations and the mm-hmm. funny thing it's it's like a it's like the story they tell is like a very primal, like the figure is like pretty much like a superhero action figure. Um, yeah. It's a mecha. Yeah. It totally it's is. It's like a little mecha or whatever. It's an Ultraman. Which Dan Mora mm-hmm. like made the Power Rangers actually look cool. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, you know, and then he later, the, the kid later like wants, is, is willing to sacrifice his life for the other kids. I mean, he, he definitely has a story well, arc. That broke my heart. Yeah. And speaking of heartbreaking, the end, um, where, at, you know, and they show the, the quick panels of everyone growing older except for Klaus. 
and like the last like two or three pages of like of Dagmar getting older as they're dancing around the Christmas tree is just like uh, yes. <laughs> yeah like I'm just tearing up right now thinking about it like and with the bird at the end which is always yeah so <laughs> yeah um, that bird is like the emotional like object center of the story it's like mm-hmm. <laughs> and then they show the, the kid all grown up and he's a good guy you know or at least seems like it you know so yeah oh he yeah he is yeah for sure yeah no like jonas is like great because like because you have to think you know like he, the, the only example he's had is this, this terrible evil father like he hasn't had a i mean he hasn't had a good example at all and he's just trying to emulate his father <laughs> and then at the end he calls klaus his father when he's an adult you know oh, so, that was so nice yeah. <laughs> um so one thing um there is a, a tv show on netflix called klaus like a oh, cartoon. Yeah. Um, it's me. it's also about the 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 origins of santa claus it's not related to this uh but i also hear it's really good so definitely check it out but um if you've seen the klaus tv show don't think that you're going to be reading the the comic that's based on if you read this yeah it's, that when it's that, different yeah. when that well, was net- checking out yeah, when that was announced, it really messed up me because I'm like, yeah. oh, yeah, we're going to get a good Grant Morrison live action or animated or whatever show on Netflix. And I'm like, oh, this has nothing to do with, like, shirtless Santa. <laughs> yeah, you know, it, it's more of a kind of traditional looking Santa in that, yeah, that story. It's like really, but, but I, I hear I, I bet it's fine. It's really good, though. I hear it's good. Yeah. So I'm not shitting on it. At the yeah, moment. yeah. I mean, yeah, um, I haven't seen but, it in all the <laughs> But just a fair warning, because I've, I've talked about this book before, and they're like, oh, yeah, isn't that the, what the Netflix TV show is based on? It's like, no, it's not. Just, Wish. Yeah. Maybe Wish. there'll be one in the future, and they'll have to rename it because it's a yes. class cartoon. Yeah. yeah. Um, um, there's ever since this one came out, this came out in 2016, I think. Yeah, 2015, um, 2016. Yeah. So. Every year since then, they've done a one-shot for Christmas. Um, this is actually the first year they haven't done a one-shot, um, unfortunately. And um, they're good. They're not as good, in my opinion, as this. I like serial stories, so maybe that's oh, yeah, I am a little biased for the first story because this is a seven-issue story arc instead of just like a quick one-shot story. And um, and like it's it's fun. It definitely focuses more on the superhero aspect of Klaus, where where Ooh. he's been fighting a war on Mars. And <sighs> that sounds he, amazing. Yeah. And, oh, was and it like he, Santa Claus and the Martians, like the old? Christmas basically like the MSC 3K yeah holy like, yeah. shit that sounds amazing um, and, I know what I'm reading after this podcast they, they really <laughs> never they really never show like the battles and stuff but he comes back to Earth from the Martian Ooh, Wars nice. <laughs> and and um and then he also kind of runs with the other like um, holiday iconography like like the Easter Bunny and all that kind of stuff oh that's great so it's, it, it, they're they're good it might like they're definitely worth checking out if you enjoy this book and um but they're not as don't expect them to be as good as the the original story but they're still good and they're drawn well and you know it's grant morrison still so you just can't. yeah yeah i mean they're just they're just playing around with this really cool concept yeah yeah and i just i, I like i mean like yeah i mean the, like i mean great like klaus and santa is a lot, a lot like you know dane and you know jack frost and the invisibles and just because like that's just a theme that that of just becoming you know your your you know ideal person that is through just a through line through their work so and it's cool to just see that you know just so clearly in klaus as well oh i do have to say one more thing to darcy 
This is definitely for you. Yes. Okay. Last last year's Klaus miniseries one shot is a silent comic. And it's it's a basically an advent calendar counts from twenty five to to one, and it's about a guy named Joe Christmas, and it's it's basically every year like every it's basically what each panel or each page is 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 one year, and it um and essentially goes through his him getting older and him help helping out Santa throughout his his uh, his life his from life. being a, a young child to to being an old old man. So okay, that sounds fun. It, and that one is the first one I definitely recommend when it comes to the one shots, and it, and it's a it's a fun silent comic, and it's and it, and it has a kind of a cool, heartfelt full full story, told as well. It sounds amazing. Yeah, yeah cause I mean the, I mean people are still talking about the Grant Morrison Frank Quietly silent psychic new X Men. I mean, mm-hmm. I mean so, I'm like them doing another another silent comic I'm, I'm down yeah yeah i think i read the one with the witch like the evil witch like one but i haven't read any of the ones after that but yeah definitely um, want to because i i like you know i like i'm a such a sucker for the the holiday one shot like holiday specials whether it's tv or in comics because i know like um like dc and marvel have done holiday specials before i think like wick did one once like just random I just love when comics randomly have a holiday special. So that's like, I don't know, kind of kind of more my speed, but I can definitely understand you wanting a little more of a more of a more of a storyline. Cause I mean, we get so there's so much meat in these seven issues. Um No, totally. Yeah, because you gotta know the supporting characters more, whereas you know, in like a one shot, you just kinda have to like roll with the, you know, roll with who you run into and the, the, the overall concept. Yeah, it, it kind of places you into a new situation. It's very much like the, the Doctor Christmas, like Doctor Who Christmas stories. Which are awesome. Where, where he, it's just the Doctor just randomly appears and you kind of have that hour to figure out who these other people he's interacting with and why he's doing it. And yeah, I do like, I do like the Doctor Who uh, Christmas specials. The Kylie ones. Minogue in the Titanic. Oh my yes. gosh. Oh, my favorite is still the Christmas Carol one, but I'm a sucker for Christmas Carol. Yeah. Anyways, oh, yeah. But hey, do any of the one shots riff off Christmas Carol? Just curious. Was that? Do any of these one shots riff off of the, I don't remember. A Christmas Carol? Okay. I don't think cool. I don't. They might have. I. I I read them all real fast together, um, in, except for the Joe Christmas one. Oh, That's yeah. why, probably why that one like sticks out so much to me. But yeah, it's uh, but yeah, no, it's um, it's definitely. Hey, you know, maybe they're they're, they're saving that one for that twenty twenty one or twenty twenty two. Exactly. That's um, why they're whenever, taking two years. Whenever Mora has some time between drawing two on not just one but two ongoing comics. Yeah, two uh, like Detective starting soon in March, and yeah, that's. Yeah, awesome. yeah, no, he's he's awesome. Yeah, this is the first Dan Mora book because I know he did a book of Hex before then, like a witch thing. But I'm like, wow, this guy's awesome, and he won the the Russ Manning Newcomer Award, like well deserved. And then I'm like, yeah, I'm, when I see this guy in a book, I am gonna check out that book. So, mm-hmm. and it's not steer me wrong this this point, um, for sure. No, definitely not. Even like the Buffy stuff has been pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's it's wild. Like he drew like the first arc of Buffy, mm-hmm. and then it just like collapsed. The art collapsed in quality. Yeah, unfortunately, like which might happen with Detective Comics. We'll see. Yeah, yeah whatever. I mean, we'll, we'll get. I mean, you know, 
the the it's like it's like with the, like all artists like you know like Frank Whiteley like rarely draws comics now. I'm like, hey, you know, if I get a couple issues out of my favorite artist, or get like one good comic every five, like I'm fine, you know, whatever they decide to do, like I don't care. It's very physically taxing work, especially you know, um, I know Mortal works of colorists more now, but especially you know when he's coloring his own work as well. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so cool. Um, so uh, did y'all have any last thoughts about Klaus, the first volume? Darcy. Um. Uh, yes, actually, there was one thing, um, one reason, maybe, wolves and not reindeer, hellhounds for evil Santa, it's parallelism. Yes, that's good, yeah, it makes sense, yeah, oh yeah, I love the, oh shit, like, there's so many great scenes that you're like, oh yeah, this was a cool part, um, I love the scene where, um, like, it's a, it's, you know, wounded Klaus, set on by dogs, like game over, like scare, like Mora draws some scary ass dogs, and then one panel of Lily, and they're like the cutest, dopiest little little motherfuckers. Like that's just yeah, that's like um, that's again like kind of the subtle comedy sometimes in the book. But totally. yeah, that makes sense for sure. Kind of like the dark and light, kind of the dual, the dualism. Yeah, going from wolves to to deer would be kind of a big jump but yeah yeah, yeah. Hellhand, hellhounds and and wolves definitely makes more sense yeah because because you get like a oh like that first that opening scene with klaus with uh with it like klaus is out hunting with with lily and you see the reindeer in the jaw it's like it's like morrison and more are telling you like this is gonna be a very different kind of santa claus like no fucking you know tim allen in a fat suit being <laughs> stupid like this is this is gonna be some like hardcore shit so buckle in <laughs> yeah uh, Brian so do you have any any last thoughts on oh it's definitely like you know I've kind of said everything I wanted to say but you know it's it's definitely kind of a story for everybody if you like a good fun adventure story then check it out you know it's it's not just Christmas it's it's a it's a good superhero slash good fairy tale to, yeah. to read also like um, I, I have two things First of all, to all like the the Grant Morrison hardcore fans who put this low on their like bibliography, you guys are so wrong. Um, sorry, you guys are really wrong. This Klaus is solid, and I'm so, I mean you know just because you, you 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 don't have to read like all the works of like Robert Anton Wilson and like the Gnostic scriptures to like interpret it doesn't make mean it's a bad story. So. That was for you. And then now for people who want to get into Grant Morrison, this is actually a great like gateway. Like yeah. I would, I would honestly be like this and like all-star Superman. And I always, I'm like weird and say JLA, but the art hasn't really aged well, but honestly, like, yeah, like read Klaus, especially, especially like if you're, you know, not really into superheroes, but like kind of, you know, mythic, like you'll be okay with them. You know, you're, you're cool, like you like the good, like the good ones, but you don't want to get you know into the continuity or whatever. You just want like a good heroic story with like mythical elements. Like, definitely check it out. Oh, and yeah, then read We Three and then cry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, but that yeah, but yeah, it's it's a really good gateway. Um, yeah, it's definitely top tier as well. <laughs> cool, just sorting that out for some various Facebook groups. You know who you are. <laughs> 
Okay. Did, did we mention it's Boom Studios? Is yeah, that... yeah. No, no, no. I remember. I, okay, sure yeah, I forgot that. to say it's early, but I remember. Yeah. Oh shit! I remember Boom was doing some kind of like big like during Comic Con like 2014 was doing like daily announcements, and the last one was Grant Morrison was doing a comic for us, and I like lost my mind. So like, <laughs> I was hyped for this book because. I'm just gonna say I was hyped for this book as soon as it was announced, because it was a it was a big deal. Because like at the time, like Boom, like I really maybe like I really only knew Boom. Boom was like people knew it as like the Adventure Time company. Yeah, like, which I mean is valid, but they take yeah. they take it over what Oni Press used to be essentially now. Yeah, Oni Press is still solid, but yeah, they're more than graphic novels now. Yeah, exactly. They're not. They're not producing the way they used to produce. Yeah, yeah. I think occasional Rick and Morty. Mm-hmm. Um, they got the Agretzko license. They have some good, yeah. yeah. But uh, but yeah, for sure. Like they definitely kind of hit that mark, hit that kind of sweet spot. Right, we are yeah done with talking about Klaus. It's a great book. You should definitely check it out. Um, I think it's on sale places, but it's great. It'll be a great you know if you're uh well this yeah if you're looking for like a way last minute Christmas gift and have a bookstore near you or know folks that are cool with kindle and digital like to be a good last minute christmas gift for sure um just gonna throw that out there obviously uh mm-hmm. so yes yeah, so we're gonna go to looking forward so uh, brian which uh i guess indie comics are you looking forward to um towards the end of the year like we got like one one more new comic book day out so pretty much um yeah because there, there's the 30th but that's gonna be very small releases um yeah uh well there's a huge release next week or this Yesterday, when you guys are listening to this, um, Gideon Falls, number 27, uh, from Image, uh, Jeff Lemire, Andrea Sorrentino, Dave Stewart, uh, great horror, surreal, crazy, <laughs> batshit book that takes place in multi- multiple univer- uh, universes and just wonderful, wonderfully drawn, wonderfully paced. Um, it's coming to an end. It's a it's a huge issue. It's like eighty pages, which kind of nice. makes me wish that it was doing like thirty one issues in, like just like kind of you know. But but it's nice. It's eight bucks. It's kind of high for the, for price point. But like I said, it's eighty pages. Yeah, so. 80, that's that's really good because sometimes you have to pay five dollars for twenty pages of story. Mm-hmm. And, I, and, and come on, and it's Sorrentino art too. Like, yeah, and it's and this is definitely I, if you've been reading it, you already know, and this is already on your list to read. And if yeah. you haven't been reading it, I definitely recommend checking it out. Now there's a finite end. I know a lot of people don't want to start reading something until there's an end to it. So this is next. This Wednesday is the end of of Gideon Falls. So definitely time to check it out. Cool. Yeah, that's that's one. That's a hell of a way to end 2020. I like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Darcy, what is your uh, looking forward to this week? What do you what any comments you looking forward to this week? Um, I'm also doing a coming out this week, as in it came out on Tuesday, so it's already out now. Congratulations! Um, it uh, is BL Metamorphosis, as in Boys Love, which is something we mm-hmm. talked about a couple couple of weeks ago. Oh yeah. Um, and uh, it is, it's volume three comes out this week. Uh, I'm actually kind of looking forward to that maybe in a couple of weeks because I just started it. I kind of just found it, found it. Um, so I'm still on volume one. Um, but the idea is there's this old lady. Uh, she went into a bookstore. Her name is Ichino. Yeah, I'm sorry, each annoy. Uh, she's 75 years old. She went into a bookstore one day. She was like, 
oh, wow, there's so many more comics than there used to be. The art's so much better. And she just kind of like picked up a comic book at random and went and bought it. And the girl at the checkout counter was like, do you want me to stick this in a paper bag for you? And the old lady's uh-huh. like, no, why would you do that? I'm just going to carry it. I don't need a bag. And she bought her book and goes home and starts reading it. And she's like, oh, oh. Uh, so she ends up buying a boys love manga and getting really super attached to it. I love it. Oh, and she goes back to buy the second one and they don't Ooh. have it. And the girl who's at the counter, is, uh, Uhara is her name, uh, is like, in her head, she kind of thinks, oh, I could give her mine. But there's this whole culture behind kind of like niche fandoms like boys love oh, I can't talk about it because, you know, it's a niche fandom and people kind of think you're weird if you're into certain things. So she's like, no, I'll, I'll order it for you. And over the course of, you know, the series, this old lady and this high school girl that works at the bookstore kind of become friends uh, over boys love manga. Oh my God. And this first series that she, the grandma started reading, um, <laughs> it, it only updates once every like year and a half. Mm. And it hasn't finished yet. And she kind of looks when it's supposed to, it's supposed to be six volumes. And she's like, okay, well, it's going to finish when I'm 90. And well, people people on average live till 80. I guess I'll just have to do what I can to stay alive. And it was like a really, (laughs) it was like these two panels that she said this were pretty much like the most relatable panels I've ever read in a comic in my life. Because there were seriously periods of time in my life where I was staying alive because of comics. Mm-hmm. Like at my de- most depressed period, when I was 14 years old, I literally only stayed alive to like, okay, I would kill myself, but I'd like to see how Inuyasha ends. Uh, and so that was a thing. Uh, and I read this comic and was like, all right, we're buying this. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, I could definitely relate. Um, that was so, me. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Yeah, that was me and um, Matt Fraction's uh, actually Invincible Iron Man. Yeah. <laughs> like 2013, worst year of my life. And <laughs> me and the Lord of the Rings movies. Oh, like, yeah. Right. I, I, I went through a really nasty breakup and I was like really depressed and like, I want to see Return of the King. So I better stay yeah. alive. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, dude. Yeah. Who? Yeah. And that shit got me through fifth grade. Who? Right. <laughs> right these things hit you so yeah Yeah, it's just like two panels and i was like okay this it really gets fandom and it it kind of gets how fandom crosses different kinds of people you know they share their you know phone numbers really early on and start texting each other and it's a high school girl and a 75 year old woman and they have this thing in common and they're kind of like not from the same group of people at all, but they've got this one thing in common, so they become friends. And nice. it's it's really fun. It's really interesting. And I'm only one volume in. Uh, volume three comes out, like I said, this week, and I'm super into it. I, I like it a lot. Yeah, I hope you don't have to wait till you're 90 for it to finish. I was, I was gonna you know, even you. if I do, fuck it, I'll be. That alive is so cool. I I love that. Oh, that is such a cool concept, and just that having the the kind of. Uh, atypical protagonist and uh, very mm-hmm. meta i mean <laughs> for sure very much so yeah. yeah sounds like a lot of fun um yeah so my oh gosh i'm like shoot like how I, like i'm gonna i'm gonna keep recommending these halloween horror books even though it's december 
So I think I mentioned one of these books in the one of these volumes mm -hmm. early in an earlier episode, but I'm looking forward to um, Edgar Allan Poe's Snifter of Blood issue number three for like many reasons. First of all, um, I don't know if you guys are familiar with Rachel Pollock. She was one of the first trans women to work in mainstream comics. She uh, was a writer of Doom Patrol after uh, Grant Morrison oh. in the 90s. And she's also, she's a big, big in the tarot community. And she also created the first, uh, one of the first trans superheroes, Coagula, also in Doom Patrol. She was like, yeah, so, so it was cool I to know see. Rachel from tarot, yeah. Rachel Pollock, yeah, that's same. Yeah, she wrote Doom Patrol in the 90s. Yep, and I think like New, like new Gods, she was like, um, definitely, you know, in the 90s, Vertigo DC. But yeah, then she, I think she moved more on to that. But she, it, she and artist um, Alan Robinson, who's done some, I think he did, he's done some Ahoy books, I think maybe Planet of the Nerds, but I've like seen his name on some Ahoy books. They are doing uh, Edgar Allan Poe's detective story, which some folks think was like the first detective story. And apparently it's not that good of a story. I haven't read it. Uh, um, Murders of the Room Org? Yeah. No, it's like another oh. one that's like older. It's like a deep cut. I, I, should, I should probably have this stuff. But it's supposedly like one of the first detective stories. So I'm really interested to see their take on it. And also, yeah, just Rachel Pollock doing comics. Like, that's awesome. Um, and then the other one is they've done, a, I think, an issue. I haven't read issue two yet, but they're doing different takes on the cask of Amontillado. Um, so this one is from Sean Manning and Greg Scott and involves killer killer robots and I think space so I'm just like nice. cool like I mean that's a you know pretty well told story but I'm, you know I'm down for giant robots and stuff anytime so excited so great way to end the year and yeah Ahoy is yeah seriously killing it right now we got Second Coming is back um, Happy Hour uh, I think there's going to be if you liked uh, Wrong Earth and Dragonfly and Dragonfly Man that's going to get a third volume uh, I think Jamal Eagle is back on art so Oh, nice. Yeah, Ahoy is like, yeah, one of those publishers who is, I don't know, like their books have like a sense of humor and really good creative teams. And I just, I just really enjoy, enjoy Ahoy as a publisher. So I hope they have a good holiday because um, they're bringing the goodness for sure. <laughs> cool. Yep. All right. So that wraps up, um, I guess, this episode in this season, I guess. And I guess my time on the podcast, I don't want to be all like weird, but uh, so Brian, where let's do some plugs. Uh, Brian, where can folks find you online? Uh, you can find me on uh, Twitter at um, Brygen2814, or sorry, yeah, Brygen2814 and, uh, and on Instagram at Brygen underscore CB and um, as well as curating the website. Uh, it has been updated. Which is good. Good job. Um, at WordPress.comicsdeserbetter.com or comicsdeserbetter.wordpress.com, rather. And that, that's about it for me. Uh, Darcy, where can folks find you online? Uh, I am at Books and Serial on Twitter, and my website is booksandserial.wordpress.com. Uh, I will probably be tackling uh, Wolverine the long night because cool. it's cold as shit so mm. i need to get to that uh and hey read uh, if you're gonna read something over the break read rachel pollock's minor arcania on tarot Ooh. because you know what tarot's interesting and it's dark and it's cold 
And the minor arcania is a very interesting and Rachel Pollock did it justice. So. Yeah, cool. Nice. I like that. I like that that we just ended on the same Rachel Pollock. Like, it's awesome. I love it. It's great. I, I used to have that book. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, no. No, it's cool. Yeah, she touched many worlds for sure. Um, yeah, and then you can find me at Midnighter Bay, B-A-E, on Twitter and Pride Parker, P-R-Y-D-E Parker on Instagram. And you can find my writing in graphic policy. I have a review of Barbalian Red Planet up right now. And I think yeah, you'll, next week you'll see my best, my favorite comics of the year. Um, hint, I talked about some of them on the show. So, so some familiar faces for sure. And also, yeah, I'm still doing my Phonogram Singles Club. That's been a lot of fun. That's a great series. I, I had to issue one last episode, but I'm going to keep hyping yes. it up. Um, yeah, and then, yeah, just a quick little, uh, you can find us on Twitter at Pod, and just type in Comics Is Are Better on any of your, your podcatchers and hit follow, leave reviews, um, constructive criticism. Um, yeah, so, yeah, so I, I'm leaving the show, but the show is going on, so uh, I'm not involved in season three, but just just stay tuned. Um, we're, yeah. we're taking a few weeks off. Um for the holidays as well um so well i think we're gonna return sometime mid-january and yeah. uh, new look but sale same fun same feel yeah, yeah still talking indie comics but we will definitely be back in probably two to three weeks cool all right well i look forward to listening to it as a fan <laughs> <laughs> and, we'll be glad to have you as a listener yeah. And, and definitely miss you as a host. Yeah, definitely. And and you're definitely, please come back, <laughs> you know, when you want to. <laughs> okay. Wow. Um, yeah. So just everyone have a good holiday. Um, again, I know this is going to be super last minute by the time this episode drops, but comics are great stocking stuffers. They're great full gifts. Uh, give me omnibuses. Just kidding. <laughs> go, to, go to your LCS at the last minute and get pick up something for someone. Yeah. I think they'll probably be closed on Christmas Eve, which is when this is dropping. Yeah, that's true. Break in. <laughs> Leave some money on the counter. <laughs> don't, don't, don't. Um, but yet again, I think I mentioned earlier, you can literally send digital comics like the people as true. gifts on Comixology. Yes, like, you can. And so. that's not illegal, like breaking in. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> yeah, so, so I'm just, yeah, just going to wrap up this episode and the season by saying... Give the gifts of comics to someone. Give the gifts of indie comics to someone this season. <laughs> All right. Happy everything, everyone. Bye.